रहा है हिंदी सिनेमा का सबसे बड़ा ब्लॉकबस्टर तो माकेदार होगा एंटरटेनमेंट जब करण जोहर आयुष्मान खुराना और मनीष पॉल होस्ट करेंगे फिल्म फेयर की शानदार रात फिल्म फेयर के मंच पर होंगे रणबीर कपूर करीना कपूर खान कार्तिक आर्यन वरुण धवन जानवी कपूर और सारा अली खान के इलेक्ट्रीफाइंग परफॉर्मेंसेस तो हो जाइए तैयार फॉर हिंदी सिनेमा बिगेस्ट सेलिब्रेशन वॉट द सिक्सटी नाइन्थ फिल्म फेयर अवार्ड ट्वेंटी विद गुजरात टूरिज्म ऑन संडे एटीन फेब्रवरी नाइन पी एम उंगली ऑन जी टी Exercise your imagination. This week, Bill S. Ballinger's sound portrait of an unlikely hero: the Air Hunters. Starring Ken Berry. Bergen. In Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by makers of Wrigley gum, the Colgate Palmolive Company makers of cold power. and the Chevrolet division of General Motors. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. Dean Quinn, a young man in his mid-twenties, a third-year law student, charming, cheery, and suffering from chronic pneumonia. He looked for and found a silver lining in his cloudy health. He called it California and went there. He found a job passing handbills door to door at a rate of four dollars per thousand. He found a girl, Beth Temple, tall, very, owner by inheritance of El Cairo Bungalow Court in Hollywood, and alone. Dean found a home, Bungalow Number Nine, and he found upon waking a lump in his mattress, ten hidden bank books belonging to Edgar Rhine, the late former tenant. And representing a lump sum of one hundred thousand dollars, ten bank books, an old newspaper clipping, and an idea to find the rightful heir, and perhaps some spending money as well. Dean Quinn found a lot of things. He must have, because someone is trying to kill him for it. The air hunters will continue in a moment. This is Gene King for your Better Business Bureau. Homeowners can save 15 to 30 percent on their winter heating bills by installing weather stripping around doors and caulking around all windows. A quarter-inch crack under a door leading to an attic or other unheated area may cost four and a half dollars per winter in lost heat. Incidentally, you can also increase the wintertime comfort and decrease the heating bills you'll have to pay by installing storm windows. Which reduce loss through windows by 50 percent. Storm windows usually pay for themselves in seven to ten years, and thereafter return an annual dividend of 13 to 18 percent in fuel savings. Another way to reduce loss of heat in winter is to install proper insulation. In a cold to moderately cold climate, 
a homeowner can save enough on his fuel bill to recover the cost of the insulation within 8 to 12 years. A consumer tip from your Better Business Bureau. You'd fallen into the deep end where there isn't a step to keep you from sinking. You'd be as dead as she is. But, but how? Walden. I remember going to see Clarence Walden. Now, why had I done that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Edgar Ryan's bank books. I had to find the missing heir. Walden's offer of a drawing account plus expenses was one I couldn't refuse. My lightning-quick mathematical mind calculated I stood to make $10,000 if Edgar Ryan's rightful heir could be located. I showed Walden what we had to go on for openers. Yeah. What do you make of that? Helen Martin, Saban Store, Willow Chapel Funeral Home. Hmm. Any idea what year this was published or in what city? Not yet, but I intend to find out. Oh, uh, well, you did investigative work in the Army, so go ahead. I'll leave you pretty much on your own. But there are a couple of shortcuts in this business that are handy to know. Yeah, like what? Well, when you question anyone, forget the lost air sort of thing. Best approach is to represent yourself from an insurance company. You got some money to pay out on a policy. Uh, here, take these business cards. Yeah. Hmm. Clarence J. Walden and Associates, insurance representatives. Claims paid promptly. Well, well, I I do have a small agency. The cards are legitimate. When do you want to start? Right away. All right. Pick up your first advance on Friday. I headed back to El Cairo without the slightest intention of cluing Beth in on anything. It's not that I'm greedy, but I figured even... To just tell her might complicate matters. I'm back. I'm in here, taking a bath. Anything new? I found a job. Not much, but it'll do till something better comes along. You got anything to eat? You got a new job. That's wonderful. I'll be right out. Yeah, selling insurance. Small company. Selling insurance. That won't pay very much, will it? With a drawing account, I'll get along. Are you going to uh, keep living here? I may have to travel a lot, so I don't want to waste money on rent. I'll finish cleaning out number nine, and you can rent it again. With old Rhyme dead, there's no reason to continue his lease. Well, there's no reason you couldn't stay with me. Here. You're not going to be making all that much money, and in your spare time, well, you can help out around here. Hmm. I'll tell you what. Go ahead. Rent out number nine. I'll stay with you, but I'll pay half the rent. You'll be money ahead, right? <laughs> There's coffee in the kitchen. I'll put on my captain. I rapped with Beth over the coffee, bringing the conversation around to Edgar Ryan. The first time she'd ever met old Edgar was when she came down to Los Angeles for her dad's funeral. Naturally, she was more definite about her own family when I asked... My folks were married in San Francisco and were living there when I was born. Dad wasn't a very good businessman. Finally, they just gave up. 
Dad moved down here, and Mother stayed in San Francisco. I lived with her. Well, she worked until she died. By then, I was 18. What was your mother's maiden name before she married your father? Josephine. Oh, Tully. Everybody called her Josie. Why? No reason. You got anything else to eat besides fruit? Got a new deck here. The old one's seen better days. Yeah. Uh, like I was saying, it's logical to assume that Edda Rhine Martin was Edgar Rhine's daughter. And her daughter, Helen Martin, has got to be Rhine's granddaughter. If she's still alive, Helen's a grown woman by now. The Funeral Directors Association has no record beyond ten years of a Willow Chapel funeral home. Our only lead left is Sabin's, the name of the store on the back of Edda's death notice. We have to locate the city it's in. Well, I'll send out a letter to all the manufacturers associations, retailers, organizations, and uh, credit reporting companies. Uh, maybe pull in something on savings, you know. But it'll take a while, though. Uh, meanwhile, I'll talk to Alvin Hyatt. He's the administrator appointed by the court for Ryan's present estate. Uh, keep plugging away, boy. Hard work pays off. <laughs> Any chance on calling today, Friday? Yeah, I will tomorrow. I may need some scratch. Two red tens up already. Oh, this is hopeless. Let's see. Alvin Hyatt was an attorney with offices in a bank building on Broadway, downtown Los Angeles. The tax assessor had turned over to him all of Ryan's possessions and papers to put through probate. Mr. Hyatt, my card. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Quinn? Uh... Please be seated. After you phoned, I dug up the file on Edgar Ryan in this folder. Oh, thanks. Hmm. M.E.'s death certificate. Cause of death, stroke. Hey, a driver's license. <laughs> uh, expired 1916. Yeah, but it gives his birthday. February 17th, 1897. He wasn't married... Wasn't married. Well, it doesn't mean he was never married. He might have been divorced or a widower. Oh, sure, you're right. State of Washington license. Seattle address. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Hyatt. Oh, um, uh, Mr. Quinn? Yes? The folder? over the telephone when the airlines called to see if my expense account covered a flight to Seattle, but he said okay. I had copied the address off Ryan's old driver's license and had to follow it up. I took a taxi from the Seattle airport. Ryan had lived in an old 1890 vintage big brown frame house. Three stories. Each needed paint badly. 
yellow and purple stained glass panel in the front door. Really grotesque. A tired-faced, harassed, middle-aged woman opened the door and stared at me with suspicion. I knew the place was or had been a boarding house. I gave her my insurance routine and my card. She gave me her name, Myrna Coyne, and invited me in. I don't recall any Edgar Ryan, but maybe my mother does. She's real old, but she's smart as a jaybird. Reads her Bible all day and doesn't forget much of anything, even though she's 87. My mother, Mrs. Daly. Ma likes to make up riddles about the holy book. Ma, you got a visitor. Wants to know, baby, you remember a boarder from 15, 20 years back? Yes, Mrs. Daly. His name is Edgar Rhine. There's nothing wrong with my hair anymore. Sorry. Young man, who was the straightest man in the Bible? Who was the straightest man in the Bible? <laughs> oh, you stumped me, Mrs. Daly. Joseph, because Pharaoh made a ruler out of him. Oh. Genesis 41, 42, 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, golly, that's a good one, Mrs. Yeah. Daly. <laughs> You're really a panic. Uh, did you ever tell Edgar Ryan any of those? Young man, I've talked about the good book to all our boarders. Uh, do you remember Edgar Ryan? Well, I can't say as I do right off. So many boarders come and gone. Well, he would have been in his 50s then. He moved to California. The old sea captain. Sure he lived here. We've got a pretty nice insurance settlement for his next of kin. Bill, he kept pretty much to himself. But I remember one thing for sure. His name wasn't Ryan. It was Rankin. Edward A. Rankin. So Ryan might have been a merchant marine. Big deal. That's a lot of expense money you spent to find out nothing. But what I didn't find out is important. Before I left Seattle, I stopped at the library, went through the city directories. Don't tell me. No Turner Street Martins, no Willow Chapel, no Saban. He wrecked. Also another stop, Maritime Union Local. Edgar Ryan didn't belong to it either. I need this aggravation. Here, I brought you a present. Oh, where'd you get these cards? These are dirty pictures. Wait till you get a load of the Queen of Spades. <laughs> I hitched back to El Cairo to rest up. This air hunting was tiring business. A few days later, in the morning... Hello? Yes, he's here. Uh, just a minute, please. It's for you. Good thing I got this long cord. Hello? Uh, Quinn? Walton here. We got something on those letters I sent out. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there used to be a Sabins, a small chain of sporting goods stores in Chicago. Chicago? Folded sometime in the 50s. Who is it, Dean? I made a plane reservation for you. Can you get to the airport by noon? Oh, uh, wait a minute. Beth, can you run me to the airport? I guess so. Oh, thanks, girl. I won't be gone long. Quinn. Yes, Mr. Walden, I've got a ride. Uh, what airlines? Got a pencil and paper? Uh, okay, okay, lay it on me. Uh, Anaconda Airlines, flight number two to Salt Lake City. Utah? Yeah. I thought you were going to Chicago. 
Transfer there to Thrift Skies Midwest Airlines, flight 111 to O'Hare. When do I arrive? Next week? Very funny. I'm trying to keep expenses down. You land in Chicago at 9.18, their time. Let me know what you find out. I'll be sure to call collect. Goodbye, Chief. If you order them, and that practical six-cylinder engine. Three. The Chevy Nova Six hatchback. A door on the left, one on the right, and a big hatch in back. Flip the back seat down, and you've got a Nova Six that thinks it's a station wagon. Four. The Chevy Nova Six four-door sedan. Sincere from the start. The attractive arithmetic of four-door comfort and convenience plus six-cylinder economy. Can you hear? The numbers say. The Nova 6 makes sense today. Hey! Chevrolet makes sense for America. I made it to Chicago unscathed. No thanks to either airline. The only two times I unbuckled my safety belt were when we landed. I came out of it okay, but the cab driver who drove me into the city asked a lot of questions about why my nose was bleeding. I had a headache, too, but it was too cold to notice. The wind whipping off Lake Michigan reminded me how stupid I was to leave my heavy coat in California. The house at 119 Turner Street had four apartments, two up, two down. No name of Martin on the mailboxes, so I tried the first door. The little card in the door had just one word printed on it. Pazek. A big, tough heavy-set guy somewhere in his late 60s opened the door. He hitched up his baggy trousers and gave me the evil eye. I handed him my card. Oh, I don't want no insurance. Oh, I'm not here to sell you any. But I'll give some money to Helen Martin if I find her. No family named Martin live here. Well, they did, years ago. But who owns this place? Me. Ignace Pazek. They, uh... They got money coming. They sure do. No trouble, no lawsuit. Not for me. Just money. Hmm. Come in. Sit down by table. I still have two beers. How much uh, money you give Martins? Enough. Oh, thank you. You're welcome, Ford. A very uh, attractive girl. Oh, Stella. Uh, she be all right. Uh, no got good sense. How you like beer? Well, 30 above zero is hardly beer drinking weather, but it's good. Yeah, plenty good. My brother makes it. Charlie Martin owe me plenty money. You pay me. No, I can't. I'll pay Helen Martin. She can pay you. Don't know where she live. Martins move away. When? In war, Korea, 1952, 1953. You don't know where they go. Well, that had to be after Mrs. Martin died. Yeah. And you don't know where they moved? Yeah. Don't know. Well, 
Thanks for the brew. May I use your phone to call a cab to take me to the Drake? Mm-hmm. On the way to the hotel, I asked the cab driver if he could run me by the Willow Chapel funeral home. There wasn't much to it. Nothing at all, to be precise. They had gone under, so to speak, in 1955. It was pretty late that night as I sat in my hotel room with a bottle of scotch and a glass of cracked ice trying to forget the ten grand commission that was apparently slipping from my grasp when... Who is it? Hi there, sport. Stella? Yeah, I'm colder than hell. Let me in. Here, take my coat. (laughs) I didn't have a chance to get all dolled up. Grandpa would have suspected something. Osek, your grandfather? Sure. How about offering me a drink, sport? How'd you know where to find me? Heard you call the taxi. Thank you. I'd uh, love a drink. Oh, don't stand out there in the hall. Come on in. Hey, what are you doing? I'm lying on the bed. What does it look like? It looks like you're lying on the bed. Why did you come here, anyway? Uh, pour me one. How old are you, Stella? Old enough. What do I owe this visit? My personal charm, or what? Here, here's your drink. You sure took long enough. Um, maybe I like you, sport. Also, uh, maybe we can help each other. That's two maybes. Today, uh, Grandpa didn't tell you all he knew about Charlie. Well, what do you mean? Now, you're going back to Hollywood, right? You take me with you. Boy, oh, you didn't hear that. Stella, let me put it to you this way. You're you're an attractive girl, but you don't stand a chance out there. Uh, I don't want to be a movie star. I'll find a job, anything, just so I can get out of here, away from Grandpa. All I want is money for a bus ticket, and I'll tell you what you want to know. Well, fair is fair. And you let me stay here till I go. That's not fair. Okay. Try to find out for yourself about Anna Martin and Charlie and Helen Martin. Uh, where's my coat? No, no wait a minute. I, I can't let you stay. If your grandpa and your father find you here, they'll tear me apart. I'm very breakable. I asked for my coat. Oh, look, Stella. Uh, in California, you're going to be on your own. I'll get you there, but that's all. A real gentleman doesn't keep a lady waiting for her coat. All right, all right. All right, you can stay here till bus time in the morning. Now, about your grandpa and what he didn't say about Charlie Martin. Uh, You understand, my grandpa didn't tell me this. But when my mama was alive, sometimes I'd hear her talking with my old man about Charlie Martin. Go ahead. When Grandpa Pasek was young, he was always chasing women. He liked pretty girls even after he was married. In those days, he had a good job on the railroad. So did Charlie Martin. The two of them were very, very good friends, so Grandpa rented Charlie and his wife an apartment upstairs. Charlie was younger and even bigger than Grandpa, and... And Mrs. Martin was very pretty, and Ignace, the old lech, had his eye on her. Yeah, I get the picture. Well, maybe Etta was a good woman and didn't give in. Maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, keep going. Well, the Martins had a baby, a little girl they called Helen. Then Mrs. Martin got sick and died. 
Everybody was quite surprised because she was such a young woman. There was a big funeral at, at the... At uh, the Willow Chapel Funeral Home. Are you going to keep on interrupting or can I go on? I'm sorry. All right, so Charlie Martin came back to the apartment after the funeral and went out in the garage and beat the hell out of Grandpa. Nearly killed him. Remember that big scar? I remember. Uh, how about a refill? Finish first. So Grandpa had to go to the hospital. When he got out, he came looking for Charlie. He wanted to get even, have him arrested, sue him or something. But he couldn't find him. Charlie was gone. Where did he go? Joined the Army. Where's Charlie Martin now? Still in Korea, but he ain't coming back. Why not? Charlie Martin is dead. You are listening to Mutual's presentation of The Zero Hour. Yes, this is a family-friendly place. Yes, this is a family-planning center. Yes, this is a family-planning center. There are family-planning centers in more than 100 countries today. The women who come to these centers can't afford to go to private doctors, but they want to plan their children, when they're going to have them, and how many they're going to have. The trouble is, there aren't enough centers. Just in the United States, there are nearly 5 million women who have no way of getting modern family planning help. And that's nothing compared with the world problem. Some countries don't have enough family planning centers. Some don't have any at all. This year, again... Many women will have babies not because they want to, but because they have no choice. Sad for them. Sad for the world. With family planning help, these women too will have babies only when they choose. So that all the people of the world may have this freedom of choice, support planned parenthood. This is Gene King for your Better Business Bureau. If you're planning a vacation by air, you know it's a good money-saving idea to check with the airlines to see if you qualify for a special fare. You may be able to save yourself a sizable sum of money, but remember, you must comply exactly with the conditions or you'll be asked to pay the regular rate. Now, most airlines, for example, offer two youth fare plans. The cheapest is youth fare standby. In this, you'll be the last of the passengers called and may not get on the flight. And youth fare reserve, however, guarantees you a seat on a reserved flight, but it'll cost you more. Discount fares are also offered on long-distance travel, but remember there are conditions. For example, you may have to make reservations two weeks in advance, and for some, three months in advance. You must travel midweek only and return after seven or nine days. And no holiday or peak period traveling on this plan. A consumer tip from your Better Business Bureau. Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense, The Air Hunters. I'm Rod Serling, and this is The Zero Hour. Today's episode brought to you in part by Wrigley Gum, Cold Power, and Chevrolet. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. been listening to The Zero Hour, a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System in association with Hollywood Radio Theater, heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in tomorrow. And once again, rest your eyes 
and listen here. To the Zero Hour. This is the Mutual Radio Network. Hindi cinema ka sabse bada blockbuster dhamakedar hoga entertainment jab Karan Johar Aishman Khurana aur Manish Paul host karenge film fair ki shandar raat film fair ke manch par honge Ranbir Kapoor Kareena Kapoor Khan Karthik Aryan Varun Dhawan Janvi Kapoor aur Sara Ali Khan ke electrifying performances to ho jaiye taiyar for Hindi cinema's biggest celebration watch the 69th Hyundai Film Fair Awards 2024 with Gujarat Tourism on Sunday 18th February 9 pm only on ZT